One, two, three. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Well, here we are uh, another Wednesday night. And hey, Wednesday nights, man, is something we should be doing. And I'm glad that we've been doing it. We're faithful to do it and we're going to keep doing it. And I'm praying. I'm praying other churches start doing it, too. Because we, we need to get back to some of the old school basics that are uh, foundational things. You know, pillars you can build your life on. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, um, we're going to get into the Word tonight. It's Faith Academy, so we're always preaching on faith. And let me just pray and then we'll get into this Word. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us, Lord. Blessing us to be here tonight. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you've sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. All right, look at your name and say, get your Bible out. Okay, Um, we're going to preach this message tonight entitled, Faith Pushes Forward. Faith pushes forward. And so this is something that you've got to understand. You know, when you uh, step into this Christianity, this is supposed to be something that radically changes your life. Amen. Come on, somebody. When you step into this, this is supposed to be something that uh, takes you into areas of life that you've never been before. Amen. Come on. This is supposed to be something that gives you a boldness that you never had before. Come on, anybody in here with me? This is something that's supposed to give you uh, a courage and uh, a positive outlook like you never had before. This is something that is supposed to get you used to winning. Oh, come on. What am I talking about? Christianity. I'm just talking about a life with Jesus. Amen. A life with Jesus is supposed to change everything for you. It is not supposed to be something that you have now received him, but you're still the same person. If there's no radical transformation, then you might have met somebody. But I don't know if it's Jesus. Because Jesus never leaves anybody the same. Amen. Amen. His power is too great. Amen. And so... Faith pushes forward. So regardless of obstacles and opposition, how many know we have that? This is one thing you want to understand. And as you're witnessing and and sharing uh, your faith with people, don't uh, sugarcoat it. Don't give them something that, you know, they think that, man, oh, I'm going to go be with Jesus. That's going to be like being at Disneyland. Everything's going to be great for me. No, don't give them that message. Let them know that, yeah, you will have challenges. But he's going to be with you. He's going to help you. And there's nothing that can come and take him out. So as long as you be with him, then can't nothing take you out. Amen. And so faith pushes forward regardless of obstacles and oppositions, uh, opposition and regardless of difficulties and delays. Amen. Come on. Regardless of difficulties and delays. How many know you have some difficult times sometimes? Can I get amen right there? How many of y'all experience some delays? You wanted something to happen already, man, and it still ain't happening. What's going on? Oh, and then the enemy wants to get you all frustrated. He wants to get you into that place where, 
uh, you're doubting, amen. And but how many know doubt and faith don't go together? And if you really have faith, faith never disagrees with God. Faith never disagrees with God. And so sometimes people find themselves doing something that God did not tell them to do, and they think that is faith, but it's not faith. It's a shortcut. Oh, I. It's a shortcut. Amen? Why? Because it's taking too long. You know what I mean? And so people end up doing stuff that God didn't want for them. They take the wrong job. They move into the wrong house. They marry the wrong spouse. Oh, I can't get amen. Y'all didn't want me to. You see what I'm saying? But if I'm in faith, I'm all about the will of God. I'm locked in. And so regardless of obstacles and opposition, regardless of difficulties and delays, faith pushes forward. Faith doesn't cower or shrink back. I'm just helping you guys tonight. Faith doesn't cower or shrink back because faith is built on promise. Amen. That's why to me, uh, I'm not the judge of everyone, but as far as what I understand, I understand that the word in Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So for me, uh, I don't understand how a person that does not know the Bible can say they have faith. Because to me, it's a faith in what? What do you have faith in? Amen. And so faith doesn't cower or shrink back because faith is built on promise. All of the promises of God are yes. Come on, somebody. And in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Amen. I believe that's Second Corinthians one twenty. But so that's what we build our lives on. So now let's go over to Hebrews 11.8. Now, uh, you know what? I can remember when I was a, I was, I first got saved. I was a Christian, a new Christian. I didn't really hear too much about Abraham. Maybe that was because it was my fault. I wasn't paying attention. Or maybe they weren't teaching about it. I don't know. But all I know is I was not hearing too much about Abraham. When I was a new Christian. And I think that's something that people should hear about. That's a person they should hear about right away. Why? Because Abraham is known as the father of faith. Well, Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if I'm a new Christian, man, I want to please God. I want to, you know, get on God's good side. Well, I need to learn how to do that. Well, I need to learn about Abraham. Amen. And so we see here in Hebrews eleven eight by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. Look, your name and say he obeyed. OK, I'm, we're going to we're going to touch on this tonight. Uh, and let's see, he obeyed. And then and he um, next verse. Go ahead and, uh, okay. And he went out not knowing where he went. Y'all, did, did you guys see that? So let's back that up. Let's read it again. By faith. So faith was this power that pushed him forward. Amen. By faith, Abraham, when he was called 
to go out into a place which he should afterward receive for an inheritance. What did he do? Obeyed. So he was told to do something. He obeyed and he went out not knowing where he went. And so if we look at this, he had to trust God. Come on. He had to trust God because he obeyed. And you know what? Obedience is evidence of faith. Some people say they have faith, but they're not obeying God. I'm, I'm going to be the controversial pastor that tells you, you don't have faith. I'll be that guy. I'll be the, oh no, brother, I have faith in the Lord. Do you obey him? Oh, well, you know, I obey him in something. You don't have faith, sir, ma'am. Huh? You, you have a, uh, you have an emotional status that has been elevated and you feel good and as soon as somebody crosses you and tells you you're wrong, you're going to be offended. And the God you have faith in, you're going to turn on him too. Amen? That's what people do. But look at Abraham. Abraham was told to go somewhere, and this is about a promise that you're going to get later. They say, wait, so, I, okay, I got to do this, but I'm not getting done right now. And then go where? Go to a place that I didn't even know. I can't even see it. Well, what do you mean, God? That's like God said, walk into that river and, and you don't know how to swim. But I'm going to teach you how to swim once you, once you get out there, once you get deep enough to where you, you need to know how to swim. Now, somebody who does not have real faith, they're going to say, God, you tripping. <laughs> and then think about it. That's what people are doing today. Because... Everything has to work well with them. Everything has to be convenient for them. But that's not the way God works. And so obedience is evidence of faith. Now, what did Abraham do? He moved on God's command. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to help you tonight. He moved on God's command, not his own understanding. Sometimes God will tell you to do something that you don't understand. But if you have faith in him, oh, come on, somebody. You, if you have faith in him, then you'll move on that command. Not keep searching around for pastors to agree with your idea. I don't know why people do that. You know, it's like things that are in you that you don't want to do. Okay, so let's say there's an area of obedience God is calling you to. and you, But you don't want to submit. And so you know what you can do? You can find you somebody that's going to make you feel good about that disobedience. And they'll say, oh, you really don't have to do this or that. And you just found them. That's nothing but the law of attraction. Amen. I could find somebody to co-sign. How many know I can find them easy because the devil's going to present them? Because the devil is the one that does not want me to obey God. So he's going to give me however many people I need to confirm my wrong. And because of pride, I'll say this is the way. See, I knew I was right. News flash. God is never wrong. So even if you find someone who co-signs with your ignorance, you're still going to be ignorant. 
You just happen to have people co-signing with your ignorance. Amen? Come on. And now you become a part of the fellowship of the ignorant. Amen? But if you just look at this, we're talking about Abraham. And so I told you guys, I was, when I first got saved, I didn't, I didn't, they didn't teach me about him. But I'm teaching you. Because that's where it all starts for us. Because that's the one God chose to see how he was going to basically save mankind. And so we need to learn about this. So here we are. Abraham's told, go. Leave your family, leave everything, and you got nothing. And go where I tell you. And do what I tell you to do whenever I decide to tell you to do it. How many of y'all would have said yes to God? Don't be lying up in here. Don't be lying. You know you would have been like, oh, well, I need some more prayer. Because I don't have the answer. No, you have the answer. The answer was go. You just didn't know where or you didn't know what to do. And so now you're, what are you doing? Going on another fast. See, people spend all this time fasting because they're hard-headed. Now, if God tells you to fast, do it like he, do it like everything else he tells you. Just do it. But a lot of times people say, I got to fast and I got to pray. Why? Because I can't, I can't, I need to get a hold of God. Just read it. Oh, yeah, but I read, oh, but you didn't like what it said, and so you didn't want to do what he told you to do. So now you need to go on a fast so you can get a deeper level of wasting time. He says, jump, you just say, yes, Lord. I don't need to go meditate. You said it, I'm going to do it. And, and see, that, that's what faith is about. And so Abraham, he moved on God's command, not his own understanding. Go to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We know this, and the reason we go to scriptures all the time, same ones, because we're going to just drill it in you. We want the scripture working for you in your subconscious mind. Where this scripture is working without you even trying to think about it. It's just working. Trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thy own understanding. In all thy ways, how many of your ways? So is God in charge of you or some of you? See, now that's, that's some of the stuff. Think about God. You know, you think God is like going to negotiate with, oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay, oh, so you, you're going to give me what? what? What do I get to have? 45% control. Okay, we'll, we'll work on that. And then we'll see if we can get around to, maybe you'll give me 50. Then we can be 50-50 partners, right? People 50-50 partners with God. Really? God is all the way in control or you on your own? Y'all, y'all understand that. God does not ride in the back seat. He does not ride shotgun. No, no, no. Oh, well, God, you know, just come on over here with me because we need to. Oh, no. You go where I tell you. If you don't go where I tell you, you're going on your own. Amen. Amen. And so when he says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him 
and he shall direct thy paths. Well, you acknowledge him for who he is. Not just say a quick prayer. No, in all thy ways acknowledge him for who he is. Wait, hold on. He is my master. Let me get this straight before I do anything. I submit to one. He is my sovereign king. Amen? Okay, and so... Uh, if you acknowledge him in all, all of your, uh, acknowledge him in all thy ways and he shall direct thy paths. Okay. Now when he directs your paths, look at your name and say, God will direct your paths. Y'all, y'all believe that? Okay. So when he directs your paths, he does not consult you first. Oh gosh, man. I just, oh. When he directs your paths, he does not consult you first. Did he consult with Abraham? Did he ask Abraham what he thought about what he was being told? Why didn't he have that conversation? Because he's God. And that's not the conversations that God has. Amen. Come on. It's just like a good parent. You would tell your kids something and, and, you know, back in my day, why was like rhyme with whooping? And there was no questions. And if if you did make the mistake of asking a question, you would get told because I said so and then get a whooping. So you really didn't get any answer. Amen. And so in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. And so once again, when he directs your paths, he doesn't consult you first. So you got to be willing. So we start to understand faith. Faith pushes forward. Faith is going to it's going to keep you going regardless like. Your intellect and all this type of stuff is, is, means very little to God because he's already figured out everything before you were even on the earth. And so sometimes people think that, you know, they've advanced and they become, um, this is a dangerous thing too. Sometimes people, uh, they become somewhat intellectual. So what does this mean? So they read some books and it could be Christian too. They, they could even, you know, there are some people that uh, they know the Bible but don't know faith, and so they're not prevailing in their lives. And so they know they might know what the Scripture says, but they can't get that Scripture to work for them because they lack faith. There's other people that are intellectuals, and they're so smart that they have outsmarted themselves. And so their smarts cause them to be removed from the benefits of God. And God will be like, you're going to have to dummy it down and then come. That's why he says, unless you be like little children. Amen. And so, you know, you, people have gotten there. They've gotten, they call themselves knowing some stuff. And what do you know in comparison to God? Think about it. Well, I, you know, I've been saved for a long time. It's 30 years now, Pastor. And what is that compared to God? Amen. So he's not really impressed. 
he really is not impressed with, you know, anything that you know or, or anything like that. And so um, he's going to direct our paths, but he will not consult you first. So you got to be willing to do like Abraham. Now, so we understand this connection. Abraham, right? Abraham's the father of faith. Uh, we know in Galatians, you know, uh, 3, 9, they that are of are faith are with faithful Abraham. So that's basically like if I'm a believer, then I'm in that. And then Galatians 3, 29, where he says, um, if you be Christ, meaning you belong to Jesus, then are you Abraham's seed, what? And heirs according to the promise, right? So, and then matter of fact, I know that she just put up that 3-9, but he says, so they that are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So that's a key part. So that's, that's good, right? So it's like all this stuff, the blessing and all this good stuff, that's coming from what Abraham did. And so now I want to pay attention to that. I want to say, okay, how, man, this is very uh, important. And I, I want to be able to relate to this. And so... We have to be willing to do what Abraham did. Y'all in here with me. And so if Abraham was told to go somewhere that he didn't even know where he was going and he didn't need any explanation. I mean, no, you don't need no explanation. All you need to know is that God said it. That's all you need to know. Amen. All you need to know is that God said it. And so if you do that, this faith will start to push you forward. Second Corinthians five, seven. We know this, but basically says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Well, your sight has to do with what you know. Your sight in this context of scripture is talking about your physical senses. And so it's what you can see, what you can understand, what things look like. Um, but that's not the way faith works, right? Faith could have you going into a direction that does not look good. And you, in your own understanding and your ability to uh, have so-called discernment, will say, well, it's not smart for me to go there. Because that looks terrible. But if God told you, you got to go anyway, because we walk by faith. Right. And not by sight. And so what it looks like doesn't really mean much. All you need to know is that. That's what God is telling me to do. And so faith doesn't need proof. Amen. Faith doesn't need proof. Do you know there are people that they say, I had one lady years ago when we first started in uh, ministry um, and we had a young lady, she got cancer and, uh, and she passed. We know she went to heaven, but her mom said, well, if God heals my daughter, then I'll believe in him. So sorry. And I wanted him to heal her. Don't get me wrong. But even if she was healed, that wasn't going to work for that lady. Because you can't put conditions on God like that. Amen. And, and so faith doesn't need proof. It needs promise. Faith doesn't need proof. It needs promise. See, you don't need proof. To fuel your faith and get out here and do something. You just need promise. Amen. Amen. Yeah. See, that's that's why it doesn't uh, it doesn't always just, you know, you you know how it's going to work before you do it. 
Amen? Amen. You know how it's going to work before you do it. If it's faith, you ain't going to know. It ain't going to make any sense. It's just like when we started tithing. Tithing didn't make sense to us. No explanation of what is this. You know what I mean? But then you step out there. See, faith doesn't need proof. It needs promise. So now God promises you. Then now you experience later. See, I've been we've been experiencing promise all these years. But when we started out, we didn't have no proof. But now we have promise because of promise. There's a bunch of evidence. Amen. Of the life that you can live. And so faith doesn't need proof. It needs promise. So if God said it, I believe it. How many of y'all in there? So what did he say? How do we know what he said? In the word. Right. So we got the Holy Spirit that directs us to the word. We say, oh, Lord, well, what'd you say? And then we got to have the Holy Spirit to let us know that's what he said. And that's what he meant. And so you want to be a person that is thoroughly convinced. If God said it, I believe it. And that settles it. There's no debate. There's no nothing else. I'm just going. That's it. I'm going to stay right there. And that's what I'm going to believe. Because that's what God said. Amen. And so go to Romans now. Romans 4.17. Romans 4.17. And then just still, we're just teaching on Abraham here so that, you know, you be fully aware of the character. What type of character did Abraham have? What I mean, man, to start out like that, that's pretty powerful. To start out to be told to go somewhere and you don't even know where you're going. Leave everything you've known. And just go out there. Now, this is still speaking of Abraham, but as it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations. And so it's like God's telling Abraham, I've made you the father of many nations. But how many know Abraham didn't have a father? He didn't have no kids. But he says, he didn't say, I will make you. Y'all in here with me. Because for God, it's already done. Amen. God is not doing. God has done. And so it's just a matter of us walking into what God has done. And so as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickened the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. And so God is above time. He's not limited by time. And so that's time is a, a, a people issue. But when you step up in there with God, then the time parameters don't really mean anything that's why you won't be impatient because you know this is God's flow and you know what faith doesn't get anxious either faith doesn't get restless faith knows how to be still and know that he is God amen and so next verse now this is speaking of Abraham who against hope believed in hope so wait a minute So think about this. We're talking about Abraham. And we're talking about we're a people of faith today. Who against hope believed in hope. So it's like this makes no sense. But yet you still believe it. Why? Because faith doesn't need evidence. It needs promise. 
See, that's all you got to know is that God said it. That's why it's so important for you to get in this Bible. Amen. How I many of you get in this Bible and you read about what God says about your healing? Well, it don't really matter how your body feels. You say, oh, no. That's, that's what it says. Who said that? God. OK, God said it. Ain't no no debating going on with me. So who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Next verse. And being not weak in faith. So stop right there. So here's God saying something bold. But Abraham was not weak in faith. Well, a lot of times people are weak in faith. Come on. God says something, but we have trouble believing it. Why? Because it's taking too long. Right? Well, do you know God is making some promises to Abraham that were not going to come to pass tomorrow? So even after the promise was made to Abraham, he still had to wait another 25 years. Amen? And so if you think about this, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. Stop right there. So a lot of times God might want you to do something great, but your logic causes you to back it down. And now you come from unlimited realm to limited realm. And so because of what you understand, because of your education, because of your experience, because of the money you have, you start to doubt what God said. You say, oh, well, well I, can't, I can't do that. Well, when God was telling this to Abraham, he wasn't basing it on him anyway. That's why it was good that Abraham did not consider. You, you think God was not well aware of Abraham's age? I mean, Abraham, what if he said, excuse me, God, that's wonderful. But I don't know if you know what's going on with me and and my lady, Sarah. Uh, Really ain't nothing going on like that. (laughs) Right. But that's not what he said. And Abraham, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. So he his age. (laughs) Isn't that something? Isn't that something? That's like God telling a 75 year old man to go out. And, you know, sprint down the parking lot. And the man says, I'm 75. (laughs) He doesn't say nothing like that. He just says, okay, you said it. I'm taking off. Well, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years. Y'all see that? About 100 years old, neither... Yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So those things, they may have been factual. But faith will take you above the limits or the limitations of facts. Amen. And so he didn't even consider the fact that he was 100 and that his wife was barren. Next verse. He staggered not at the what? Okay, so promise is what's necessary for faith to work. Faith does not need evidence. If it's got evidence, it's not faith. 
Because the very definition of faith says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so if we look at this, he didn't have that. He didn't have, God didn't give him some drawn out plan and some report and all this type of stuff. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. So what causes you to stagger? Unbelief. Oh no, brother, I got faith in God. Oh, well, are you doing what he said? Well, you know, getting around to, faith does not get around to it, man. Faith don't get around to nothing. Disobedience causes you to get around to something. Amen? He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. You see that? He was fully persuaded. Man, I know this is God. This is God. And I I trust him. That's what he said. And that's what I believe. And this is what we're supposed to be. This is how we're supposed to be as a people. We're supposed to have faith. But remember, faith doesn't need evidence in these promises. Well, what are the promises? Why is it so important to stay in your Bible? Because if you don't read the Bible, you don't know the promises. So how are you going to develop any faith? Then you're going to develop some type of faith that comes from the world and not from God. Amen? And so... Faith, uh, yeah, he was fully persuaded that what he promised he was able to, uh, to perform. So faith was originally designed to be placed in God alone. Amen? Today we have people get faith in all kind of stuff. You know, you, you say, oh man, you got to keep the faith, brother. What faith? Faith in who? Faith in what? Uh, you know, now it's like you got to believe in yourself. You got to, you know, it's all these different things out there, but... Faith is is used really lightly, you know what I mean? But faith, in its original sense, faith was originally designed to be placed in God alone. Why? Because he was the only one that could not lie or fail. In this world, you'll put your faith in the government, they'll fail you. In this world, you'll put your faith in family, they'll fail you. Come on, somebody. In this world, you'll put your faith in all kind of stuff, and all these things can fail you. And so when faith was introduced, and faith came on the scene through Abraham, well, it was to be in God alone. Abraham was not instructed to put faith in Sarah. Come on. Abraham was not instructed to put faith in Pharaoh or any of these people. He was instructed to put faith in God and God alone. Why? Because God was the only one that could not lie and could not fail. And so faith, once again, doesn't need evidence in his promise. Well, your promise doesn't mean anything if you break it. And that's why sometimes people can't be trusted because people break promises. Amen? So we, we should not be doing that. We should not make promises. And that's one of the things that you want to learn as, as you mature in God. Never say anything that you don't mean. Never say you're going to do something or be somewhere if you can't guarantee you're going to be there. 
That's why a lot of people say, well, I'll be there if the Lord wills. Well, they're just not sure yet. And so they got to throw that if the Lord wills. Amen. Say, Pastor, I'll be, back. I'll be at church next Sunday if the Lord's willing. Okay, let me tell you, he's willing. We already prayed about that. He's willing. And, you know, he's willing for you to be here on Wednesday, too. Oh, well, you, oh, so you meant something else. So you meant if you're willing. Right? Amen? But if we start to understand that, okay, faith in its original sense, it was intended to be placed in God alone. Boy, I believe if we started out like that, we would be better off because people have been disappointed by other people. I mean, if my faith is in God, then if a pastor gets up there and lies, I'm not going to turn away from God. I I didn't have. All I said, I'm I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving what? I mean, you can leave the church, but don't leave God. But people have left God because there was somebody that they were following. And, you know, the problem with that is there's idol worship. So people, even in our world today, they're looking for a hero. They need somebody to put on a pedestal because they need to have a buffer between them and God. And that's why a lot of times people, they want to push the pastor in there for them. Pastor, can you... uh, can you go in there and handle this for me? But what the pastor should be teaching the people is like, no, you go in there. You go to God. You don't need a buffer. Don't hide behind me. Because you're not even going to bear when you go to God. You can't mention, well, you know, Pastor Troy, huh? This is what you got going on with God. Amen? And so... If I start to understand faith was originally designed to be placed in God alone, then God would have to fail me for me to doubt him. But what has happened is people put faith in other people. Other people fail them. And so then they take that pain from that failure and then that causes them to shun God. Amen. That's not right doesn't matter what you've experienced in this life. God is still true. And if you go to him, he's going to prove himself to you. He's going to show out for you and help you. And so we want to be a people that says, I have faith and my faith is in God. I'm not putting my faith in. It doesn't mean that you go around, you know, just being mean to people. And, you know what I mean? Just uh, some people go too far the other way. You know what I mean? Like, um. Well, let me help you with this. So some people like in relationships and things like that, they have a, tr- a trust issue, right? They say, oh, okay, I'm, you know. And most of the time they have trust issues with people because someone else did them wrong. Amen? Or sometimes people have uh, trust issues with doing business with somebody or they got these, these little hang-ups. But if you learn that I'm not worried about you because I trust God. So God ain't going to let you jack me. Amen. And so it ain't really about, well, can you trust me? I'm not really worried about trusting you because I trust God. So because I trust God, I ain't worried about you. 
Amen. That's a different level. And now once a person comes into that revelation, they're never going to be worried about somebody doing them wrong. Amen. Because they'll just listen to God and they're all their trust will be put in God. Amen. So I'm just saying you can trust each other and all that. But the foundation of that is you trust God. And so, you know, he's not going to connect you with somebody that's going to rob you or cheat on you or do you wrong. People that are afraid of that stuff, they don't really trust God. Amen. All right. And so. Faith was originally designed to be placed in God alone because he can't lie or fail. Go to numbers. Numbers twenty three nineteen. Numbers twenty three nineteen. God is not a man. Oh, man, that's that's why he's. You know, there are no perfect men. You know that. Huh? There are no perfect men. Oh, no. My husband, he got it together. No, he don't. No, he don't. He really ain't got it all that like that. Amen? There are no perfect people. But see, God is not a man. So we cannot, we're created in his image, but we're not him. And so God is not a man that he should lie. So what does that mean? Why would the Bible word this like this? God is not a man that he should lie. So what does that mean? Man lies. (laughs) Come on, man. I'm trying to help y'all. God is not a man that he should lie. Well, clearly, man lies. Otherwise, that wouldn't need to be written that way. Because there's a distinction between God and man. God's not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. And so he does not make any mistakes. Amen. Because he's above, you know, the mistakes and the line and all that. You know, when that came into existence. Hmm? Right. So after the fall. So how many know God did not fall? (laughs) And so Adam fell. God didn't fall. And so all the lying and all these type of things that came about came after the fall. Well, God is above the fall because he never failed or, you know, he, he's never fallen or come up short or anything. And so God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Now stop right there. So this is where your faith is supposed to be. Has he ever said something and not did it? Now, there was a time where he had intentions, where he told Moses, man, I'm about to take these people out. Now, Moses begged him. And so because of that, he didn't, you know, follow through with his planning on wiping them out. But if we think about God, he is not going to say something and not do it because that's not in his nature. That's man's nature, which came when? After the fall. And so that's how man could so easily. You ever wonder how, how can a kid just be up in here lying? Man, you're three. You're three and you plotting, you scheming, and you're three. <laughs> huh? You ask a kid, a little kid, if they did something and they know it's wrong, 
No. You you didn't do it? No. Amen. They said, man. Well, that's that fallen nature. But that's not God. And so you understand why faith was not intended to be put in a man who has to come up out of a fallen nature. Amen. How many of y'all ever told a lie? So no, pastor. Some of y'all are talking about, what, we in past, you talking about today? All right, I right, three days ago, what, how many, <laughs> right? And we don't, we, we got a new nature and everything, so we don't want to just be living a life like that. But I'm just saying, that's not God. God is above this wall. If I put my faith in him, how am I going to be disappointed? Because I put my faith in him. And so God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? If he said it, you better believe he's going to do it. Amen. He is going to come through. Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? So you can take this thing all the way to the bank. No matter what things look like, God's going to come through. And you know what? Faith brings a confidence that is going to keep you in that place because you're going to be fully convinced, man, I'm, I put my faith in God on this thing. And so guess what? doesn't matter what it looks like. doesn't matter if it seems like it's taking too long. doesn't matter if it looks like it's going the wrong way. Faith brings a confidence that lets you know that God's going to come through. And the more you can live in that place where you have absolute trust in God, you say, I'm I'm just trusting the Lord. Now, that does not mean, you know, you're going to know what to do every time. And sometimes you got to be still. Sometimes you got to pump the brakes. Sometimes you got to wait. See, sometimes you may be in a situation where you feel like I'm under pressure. Well, if you're under pressure, you're not in faith. Because if I'm under pressure, then that means I've taken the load on myself. But I'm supposed to trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not into my own understanding. When I take the load on me, then guess what I'm doing? Trying to understand and figure it out. Sometimes God will say, see, you're doing too much planning right now. You need to stop planning and start praying. And then after you pray, be still. Oh, come on. After you pray, be still and know that I am God. And I've seen God turn some things around for me. But if I would have allowed myself to jump in the gear. Then with my limited understanding, how many have had God turn some things around and it turned out and and it was so good. And you say, dang, Lord, I never even considered that as a possibility. I didn't even come up with that scenario. Because it's bigger than you. And so you want to be at that place in your life where you just stand in faith and you stand in faith and you're not in a situation where, um, you know, you're starting to get agitated, irritated, retreat, all frustrated. Hey, we just talked about Abraham. I mean, come on, given a promise and man didn't happen overnight. But. He was able to trust God and keep going forward. 
And so no matter what things look like, you're going to keep that faith. But what are you going to have your faith in? Go to Mark eleven twenty two. This is just a short scripture, only a few words, maybe four. But he says, have faith in God. Now this is Jesus speaking right after Peter says, hey, master, the fig tree that you curse is dried up from the roots. And he was showing them that there's a power in his words. But what did he instruct them? Before he started to say everything else, he said, have faith in God. What if you remind yourself? Have faith in God. Well, you know, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I have faith in God. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to trust him. And so what you do when you do have faith, evidence of your faith is going to be obedience. And so you got to pray, but then you got to open your ears. And you got to find out what is it that God wants you to do. And then God, sometimes he'll, he'll want you to be still for a minute. Well, that being still does not mean that God needs time to work your situation out. But sometimes you need time to be in a position to receive. Because sometimes God can bring something to you, but you're not ready to receive it. And so it was what you were supposed to do, but because you were not in your right place in faith, you missed it. And that opportunity goes by. But when you're in that place where faith, which brings a rest, there remains a rest for the people of God. And so if that faith, if I'm in that place of, see, when I'm in faith, I'm, I'm not uptight about anything, honestly. When I'm in faith, there's a peace and a calm that comes on you. And you're at a, a state of, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rest. There, there, there remains a rest for the people of God. Hebrews chapter 4 talks about that. But if you allow yourself to be in faith, now remember, it's faith in God. I didn't put my faith in the bank. I didn't put my faith in whatever. I didn't put it in them. It's in God. And so therefore, even if nothing has changed, you're still at peace. You're still at rest. And so you know how you are to release things to God? You let things go? Well, you don't just let them go and say, I'm not just going to think about that. I don't care. You want to let it go in faith. And then you want to enter into that rest. I'm going to close in a minute, but go to, uh, I want to give you that just so you meditate this. Um, Hebrews chapter four, I think it is. Let me find it. Four or nine or something like that. Because, um, all right, let's see which is, oh yeah, four nine. Yeah, there remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. Now, we'll read uh, 9 and then we'll read 10, too. Um, actually, matter of fact, we'll go 9 through 11. That's all good right there for us to meditate. So if you go 9, uh, it says, There remaineth, therefore, a rest for the people of God. And so we're all people of God, and there's a rest that is available for us. And then 10, he says, for he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from what? His own works. And so if I'm entering into that rest, I'm not still trying to figure it out. 
For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Next verse. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. And so, if I'm in faith, I'm going to trust God. My faith is in God. So, practical application. You got something going on? Pray about it. Listen. See what God tells you to do. If he doesn't tell you to do anything, be still. But do not start, don't go in the lab. Don't come up with no plans. Don't go and don't start doing all that. Don't start calculating. No, no, no. There remains a rest for the people of God. You already prayed about it. He didn't tell you nothing right away. Rest. Because you know when God starts talking, when you're not. Come on. God starts talking when you're not. So you think that by your much praying and all that, you're going to get God to move faster. But God tends to move when you start resting. And so that's why he says, be still and know that I am God. And so I pray. Let my request be made known unto God. And I'm thanking him for hearing my prayers. I'm releasing this. I release every, I roll all the care of this over to you, Lord. And then now I'm listening. He didn't tell me anything to do right now. So I'm going to be still and know that he is God. And and then I'm going to get into this rest. And so what that rest is, is I am ceasing, like the scripture said, from my own works. And so I have let go of all of the calculations and the formulas and everything that I was, come on, y'all be drawing all these plans and just all this tablets. I just let that go and let me rest. And then God will have you doing some other stuff and you won't be thinking about that thing that was your major issue. And then while you're in that rest, doesn't mean, you know, you just go to sleep and you're just sleeping all day. It's just you let that go. It's not dominating your thoughts and you moved on. But then all of a sudden, bam, some stuff will start happening. Stuff starts coming through. And it's the thing that you were concerned about, but you stopped laboring over it. Come on. You released it. You already prayed. And then now sometimes stuff just starts happening. Bam, 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 bam. And you're like, wow. And how did that thing turn out so well for you? Because you chose to have faith in God, not in yourself. Amen. So apply it this way and let's start getting God's benefits. Let's start seeing things change and work out for our good because we've decided that we're going to have faith in God. Amen. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap. Praise God. Let's close in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for meeting us here tonight. We thank you that we can trust you today, tomorrow and forever. We know that you're a faithful God a dependable God, and you always come through. And failure is not a part of your nature. And so we're trusting you with everything. We release everything right now, even as I'm praying, just let go of everything. Anything that's troubling you, release that thing tonight. 
Don't hold on to it. Let God have it because he can do it because he's God. We thank you for that, Lord. Maybe you're watching this and you don't know Jesus. We want you right now to know that he's ready to receive you and his arms are open. But you just got to be at that place in your life where you're willing to say yes to him. So church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God.